0: In a world Mate Hold up We said we're done with the serious intros Who said? Well, we did I don't remember that well, I said it, and you're me, so, you know. Well, I don't care. In a world. Hey, I told you. We're keeping it light. You do it on your own then. Well, technically, I already am, so. Anyway, fuck yeah, pure wild flight, get it down ya, yeah. how good. Visit nzaerosports.com. I get to do the next one. Well,
1: obviously, you are moron, we both do. I was 19, broke, unemployed, and sold my girlfriend's canopy for drug money. So, I thought I better sew her a new one. What a sentence, and what a story. This describes the humble yet outrageous beginnings of NZ Aerosports, the home of Icarus Canopies, in the words of our founder himself. From getting a paratrooper toy from his mom, watching parachutes at the DZ as a six-year-old, Jumping off the wharf with a parachute made from bedsheets, doing his first jump at 16, sewing his first canopy on a borrowed machine at 19, and starting to sell parachutes out of a garage in 1986, Paul Gyro Martin had an undying love for the sky. Our company started with one man with the wildest of spirits in a true blue sky dream, a renegade. In the time that Gyro created and ran the Icarus Canopies brand until he passed away in 2017, He pushed everything he had to its limits. We miss him and we always will. Gyro is the next generation of NZ Aerosports. It honors our founder, of course, because it was the name we all knew him by. But Gyro the rebrand also marks the start of a new chapter, our next jump. Gyro is the space between sound and silence, art and science, chaos and calm. Gyro is a state of epic tranquility that transcends understanding. That moment, in the door, in free fall, mid-swoop, where nothing but the present exists. A perfect balance of euphoria and thrill. Gyro captures our passion for flying and our commitment to designing break-the-fucking-rules canopies that deliver pilots pure, wild flight. Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go. Back in the can for another edition of the Lunatic Fringe podcast and a smiling face on the other end of the line. Tell me, who the fuck are you and what do you do?
0: All right, what's going on? Hey, I'm Brian Grubb. I live in Orlando, Florida. I'm a professional water sports athlete. Uh ride for Red Bull, Malibu Boats, uh, follow. And, uh, and yeah, just uh, got my start down here in Florida, growing up water skiing as a kid and got into wakeboarding and wake skating. And, and, and I'll then, tell you uh, what, yeah. man.
1: I saw you, you had, you had uh, either made a comment or just liked uh, one of the reels that I put up with uh, Jeff Provenzano. Um, and yeah. I saw that and, and I hate to say it, but in an Instagram world, the blue check mark sticks out. And so I saw a, a like or something from you and I'm like, all right, I got to check this guy out. And I started scrolling through your Instagram and I, for the life of me, can't figure out what the fuck you don't do. Cause there is so much <laughs> shit on there that you do. It's crazy, man.
0: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been in the game for a long time, and yeah, just over the years, just, you know, especially through Red Bull, like, linking up with the Air Force guys, and I got into air sports, like, through bungee jumping and stuff. So, um, yeah, I just kind of started doing all this stuff, and one thing led to another, and yeah, now I just kind of dabble in everything.
1: So what was the real start to it all? I mean, what kind of kicked it off? Because, I mean, nothing that I saw that you're doing out there is, by normal standards, considered, you know, casual. It's all extreme sports stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, I got my start down here in Florida uh, in water sports. Um, Yeah, I grew up water skiing as a kid. And then that's kind of when wakeboarding was starting. Got into that. Did that through high school. And then I found wake skating, uh, which was like kind of a new sport at the time, which is basically wake skating is just uh, it's like a smaller than a wakeboard, but you don't have boots on it at all. So you're not attached. So it's kind of like skateboarding on water. And that was about the same time in wake that we started building rails and it started kind of getting like a more like urban feel to it and stuff too. So hitting rails on a wake skate was just super fun and then riding behind the boat um, doing all that stuff and we got it on tour and you know for years like yeah we had just an awesome tour like competing behind the boat and hitting rails and doing winch contests and you know lots of crazy stuff over the years you know it's been been an awesome ride like kind of taking that sport or being in that sport kind of in the beginning and and sure. then uh yeah getting it on tour and you know just kind of you know riding it you know, trying to build a sport and, you know, build a career at the same time. So sure. Yeah. Well, you it's been know, a great run. So. With,
1: uh, with the wakeboarding stuff, I've, I've actually had a couple of other, uh, uh, people that were wakeboarders as well, big time. And, and I always referenced, um, I remember years and years ago seeing Parks Bonifay was like the big name in wakeboarding. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'd imagine somebody like him had to have been quite an inspiration to you as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Parks and I met when we were like 10 or 11, 12 years old, you know, he was water skiing back at the time. And then he obviously had like one of the best, you know, he's got one of the most iconic wakeboard careers of all time. Him and I are still on Red Bull together. That's how I got on Red Bull was, you know, hanging with Parks and doing all that stuff. So yeah, he's one of my best friends. And um, yeah, we we do a lot of stuff together still. And it's yeah, pretty he's wild. A, he's into all that stuff too. You know, he bungee jumps with us and he's a skydiver and stuff too. So yeah, we've all kind of, we have both kind of followed the same path.
1: I mean, it was so high profile for such an obscure sport that me, who's not into water sports at all, still to this day know his name. So yeah. I- I'm sure that I've seen the same stuff you've been doing because I've watched uh, exp- exhibition after expedition or exhibition and competitions that he's been in that you must have been in right there with him.
0: Yeah, we got wake skating on tour like in 2003. And, and uh, so, yeah, and that was like during the times of like fuel TV and all that stuff, you know, where action sports was kind of like on a, on a national level here in the U S especially, you know? So yeah, we had a crew called the pointless, uh, pointless posse. It was like eight of us, like, you know, just <laughs> friends that we started filming our own videos and doing that stuff. So yeah, Parks and I have uh, done a lot of crazy stuff together and I yeah, continue to still today.
1: And now I, I know that obviously in Florida, water sports is definitely a thing, but we're it's along the lines of something like skydiving and that it's not cheap. I mean, This isn't, it's not expensive or not inexpensive to hop on a boat and go, you know, ride a boat around all damn day. So you had to have the family backing you up pretty solidly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, my family had boats growing up and so that's how I got into the sports and everything. And then, um, yeah, when I, when my career started, I got, um, I got signed with Malibu boats and I've been with them for over 20 years. So, um, yeah, we have a great, great deal where they give me a boat to use and I can use that to teach new people how to ride and I can train behind it. And and uh, so, yeah, having that boat in the backyard is definitely in the water sports world. Like having a boat sponsor is definitely uh, a, a key component to like, you know, continuing your career and making yourself a better rider and also like getting new people on the water and and, sure. and getting new people into the sport, too.
1: Now, obviously, your, your, your parents allow or get you into something like that. It was big in your family. You had the boats and stuff. But if you're talking about starting at 11 or 12 years old. I'm guessing that your parents weren't thinking, "Oh, this is just what he does forever now." <laughs> so how did that go yeah. over? I mean, that's that's a long yeah. time.
0: Yeah, for sure, yeah. No, my parents have always been really supportive of everything I d- I did, you know, and uh, you know, they they come to pretty much all my contests like over the years even, you know, even later in life and stuff too. And yeah, they they supported it uh yeah, and like 100% of the time and and uh yeah, they support everything that I do and and uh yeah, without their you know love and support like it definitely wouldn't have been would have been harder you know but like sure. yeah i just kind of fell into it you know like i moved we moved to florida when i was 10 and and this is kind of like the mecca of water sports down here you know like so i started working at a pro shop when i was 15 and met all these pros and you know was hanging with parks and you know trying to hang out with him and ride his coattails to all these contests when he was winning x games and all that stuff you know and I was a judge on tour, like a wakeboard judge on tour, like so. I travel with those guys doing that, and then we got wake seating on tour and stuff. So it's just been a an awesome, like, kind of series of uh, of events that have like led me led me here. But yeah, sure. I mean, uh, without the support of of really great sponsors and family, like it, yeah, would have been a lot more difficult.
1: Now, for, for a lot of people, they're thinking, well, how is how is wake skating or wakeboarding an extreme sport? And and I suppose I would think the same if I hadn't actually fucked myself up uh, water skiing at one point. But it's a pretty <laughs> damn dangerous sport, yeah?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess most people would assume, yeah, you're crashing into water so it doesn't hurt and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, wakeboarding <laughs> especially is uh, pretty dangerous, I mean. Pretty much every pro rider's had a knee injury over the years. Waist skating may be a little safer, but, I mean, there's still some serious injuries that go along and, and you still slam and stuff, too, but, um, you know. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you're, lap- hitting,
1: you're hitting rails at a lot at some pretty high speeds, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I mean, you're riding around, you know, 22 miles an hour behind the boat, you know, and then, obviously, you're accelerating to, like, hit the wake and stuff, so, yeah, I mean, you're crashing at, you know, 25 miles an hour or so, and, A lot of times on the wake skate, if you know something's going wrong, you can kick the board away and just kind of land in the water. But on a wakeboard, you know, you're attached to boots. So you catch an edge on one of those. And, and, uh, yeah, those guys slam pretty hard. And now, like, you know, the boat wakes are so big now, like compared to what they were 20 years ago. So guys are going way higher. I mean, wakeboard guys are doing double flips and – crazy airs and stuff like that. So, yeah, the the that just kind of intensifies the impacts, you know, well, when you sure. are crashing and stuff, too. Well, yeah. I
1: mean, especially being in the variety of sports that you're into, you must have seen, especially because you've been in it so long, the evolution of bigger is better across all of them.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the boats really changed, like, uh, probably, like, around 2012. Like, Malibu boats came out with a system called Surfgate, uh, which kind of turned these wakeboard boats into, like, surf boats. Um Sure. And so the boats started getting heavier and we're adding a lot of weight. We've always added a lot of weight to the boats to sink them in and make the wakes bigger and stuff, but now the hulls are deeper and the boats are, are just, you know, 7,000 pound boats now are making, you know, three foot wakes. So yeah, you can go a lot higher and, and, uh, that also makes, you know, the crashes better, but it makes it easier to ride too. I mean, you're getting a bigger ramp and, and, uh, so it's a, it's a great thing, but yeah, I mean, these boats are super versatile now. I mean, my Malibu boat at home I can make a you know a huge surf wave that I can surf on I we do a lot of foil boarding behind the boats now too like um so it just makes kind of this like endless wave that you can ride it's like a it's like a personal like wave pool kind of you know behind sure. the boat but but the but it also makes you know the wake skate wakes you know a lot sure. bigger too which is it's, great so i mean they can be, do it all now
1: got to be wild doing competitions and stuff where you know that the audience is not only coming out to see some sick trick tricks but they're want you to wipe out too
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Even on like social media, like a lot of the crash clips get more views than the uh than the you know, like a new trick or something like that you've been working on for a long time. So Oh without um, a doubt. But I yeah. mean, no
1: nobody goes to a car race to watch cars go around in circles.
0: Exactly. And it's all part of it, you know, like you know, you gotta crash to get better. So I mean, yeah, we're out there, you fall a lot, but yeah, when you when you do something new or you land something that feels good, I mean, that's kind of the feeling that we're all chasing in all these sports.
1: Sure. Well, and you seem to kind of be on the the cutting edge of a lot of them too. I saw quite a few of the stuff, the the images and videos that you have up or of the foil surfing. And and I know very little about that. So if you can explain that and kind of what goes into it and, and where that started to come about.
0: Yeah. So if, uh, the foil boarding um, kind of like behind the boat and, and the stuff on slower speeds has only been kind of happening for the last 10 years or so. I mean, uh the sport was kind of developed or kind of brought to light by Laird Hamilton and those guys in Hawaii they they took an old uh air chair and cut the seat off and they were standing out but they were you know the first ways that they were foiling were jaws and all these 50 foot waves you know so <laughs> right. I always say like toil- foiling's kind of been invented in reverse it's gone from like big wave surfing out in Hawaii to now like you know being able to ride behind a boat or paddle into like small waves in the ocean and stuff too and uh I got into it like six years ago. I got, uh, I got hooked up with lift foils and, you know, I think they're, they're the best brand of foils. They make the E foil. They also make traditional foils. They invented the E foil, which is like an electric hydrofoil board. So you just sure. put a battery in it and you can cruise around for, for hours, you know, out there. And so they just have uh, great equipment and I just fell in love with it, man. It's like surfing and feels like snowboarding and it's just like super fast and there's no drag and you know, behind the boat, I've learned a lot, you know, just with my background in, in that in that space and like those water sports stuff, like, um, I've you know, it's like a training ground out there, but then taking those skills and bringing them to the ocean. And that's like where I really like fell in love with the sport. And sure, I've been going on a lot of surf trips and trying to get in big waves. Like one of my goals is to get barreled on the foil. And uh, so I've been going to Nicaragua a lot, Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, like where Lift is based and yeah, just trying to get in big waves. But Foiling is a great sport because there's just so many places you can do it. I mean, you've probably seen like the winging that you can do, like in the wind, you can paddle in, in the ocean, you can tow in the ocean you can ride behind the boat. Um, and the sport's just like so new that, you know, every day there's clips coming out of people doing new tricks. So kind of like I got into wake skating, like really early, like I got into foiling really early too. So it's been really cool. And, you know, being part of the progression and, and, uh, Yeah, just being a part of a new sport that's growing so much.
1: Well, and it definitely is is, uh, very prevalent everywhere. I mean, even where I'm living, I walk across the street and guys are holding blow up sails and they've got a foil board and walk out into the water. Next thing you know, they're cutting across the bay like crazy. I never saw that a few years ago. So it's just amazing watching how quickly, even from someone who's not paying attention, how quickly it's all happening.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and you see a lot of it too. Like a lot of the guys that have gotten into foiling came from another sports background before, like either like water sport weight guys like us or surfers or, you know, wind sport guys, kite boarders and stuff like that. So, um, it's just a great sport for people that are already, you know, into like, you know, these, these water sports and doing this stuff, they can pick up a foil and with the skills they already have, they can, they can learn it pretty quickly. And and then, yeah, like I said, there's just so many different ways to do it. Like I've never been a wind sport guy. Like we're always looking for calm water, you know, to ride behind the boat. But now we're, you know, waiting on windy days too to get out there on the wings and do downwind, do downwinders in the ocean and all that stuff too. So do you see a foil is you can do it every day.
1: Do you see a foil is the way they'll finally uh, um, beat down Nazare? I mean, I've watched videos on that wave is just, it's so choppy and so extreme that it's not actually riding the wave. It's just having your knees not buckle under you.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Laird and Benny and the Hawaiian guys that are on the lift team have have definitely been to Nazare and they've they've ridden some of the peaks out there. They've uh, they've put out some amazing videos and some of the drone clips they got and um, and yeah, you can you can ride big waves on that stuff. You know, you're kind of, you know, since the wings under the water and the board's off the water, you can get through a lot of that chop, you know, be, and still have like a smooth ride. But the amount of speed that you can get on a foil is insane. So, mm. you know, you drop in on a 50 foot face like that. I mean, I, I haven't ridden waves that big yet on, on the foil, but even riding a 20 foot face, like, you know, you can max out the wing speed like pretty easily. So yeah, it's a lot of like managing your speed and making sure you're not in the wrong place at the wrong time uh, on that stuff. But it's just a great, great challenge. It's super fun, you know, on the foil, you know, you don't have to like ride in the critical part of the wave where the white watch is too, you know, you can be like further down the line and, still be on a big clean face and and have tons of fun so you can kind of you know get in as deep as you want but uh, sure you can get a lot of speed to get out of there uh too like when the wave starts breaking behind you so it's it's fun in in one foot surf and 50 foot surf so it's just an amazing sport it's
1: it's funny as you talk about it that mentally there seem to be a lot of parallels between that type of stuff and the thought process that goes into my sport and yours as well skydiving you know, I mean, uh, sure. having that faster wing that gets you through the garbage a little bit cleaner and having to have your head on a swivel and and knowing where you want to be and how you're supposed to get there and a lot of parallels. And I'd imagine that's yeah. got to be a draw to somebody like you that's, that's kind of gotten his chops in one sport. It must be kind of easy to step over to the next sport because you've already got that mental game.
0: Yeah, there's a ton of similarities between skydiving and foiling. I mean... Uh, man, a lot of my friends in foiling are are great skydivers too. And, you know, we talk about, you know, when you're skydiving, your whole body's a wing and, and you're using that, especially like in tracking jumps and stuff. And I jump with a lot of the fly for life guys up into land. And you know, they, when we're talking about how trying to get me to fly better, like they're, you know, kind of telling me like how I should use, you know, the reference between like, you know, how the foil wing works and how I, I use my body as a wing, they kind of, uh, you know allude to like hey think about what your wing's doing under the water and do that with your body and stuff too (laughs) so so i can kind of relate to to that stuff really easy and 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 everything but yeah there's a lot of similarities like i i go uh down to nicaragua a lot with the with the guys from squirrel and yeah all the all the wingsuit guys are getting into it and and uh, a lot of the the tracking guys like the fly for left guys are super into foiling too so it's a great combination. I get a little coaching from them, and I take them out on the boat at my house and uh, get them on the foils too.
1: <laughs> so, how did the uh, how did the jumping come about? I mean, you said you uh, were bungee jumping and kind of headed into it that way. Is that what happened?
0: Yeah. So, I I was hanging out with Scott Byerly a lot. He's kind of like godfather of, of wake sports and stuff. And uh, he was friends with the Vertigo Bungee crew up in Washington. So he took me up there like I don't know twenty some years ago and did my first jumps off some bridges up in Washington and just started hanging out with those guys a lot and. Um, we jumped a lot. Of, they're all from Washington. So we, we jumped a lot of those big bridges up there and, sure. and, and got into it. And then in, uh, 2007, uh, we went down to um, the Royal Gorge bridge down in Colorado. And okay. It's like a, you know, 950 foot bridge, thousand foot bridge down there. And it was during the go fast games. And, but we got a, we got permission to do some bungee jumping down there. So that was like, kind of, you know, that's the biggest bungee I'd ever done. It was like, you know, a thousand feet, you're getting like, seven, eight, nine seconds of free fall. So that was the first sure. time I felt like real free fall was, you know, and and kind of tracking like on cords, like, you know, out there and six hundred foot rebounds. It just kind of like changed my whole life, really. Right. And uh obviously that was like a kind of a rare thing to go jump a bridge that big. So I was like, well man, I I guess I need to get into skydiving to feel that. We don't we don't have any bridges in Florida that big or anything. So All right. Uh, so yeah I called uh up Red Bull and got linked up with those guys and uh, did a f f with uh with clammmer and and uh yeah, just started getting into that. I got my license Uh Deland, my home drop zone here, so there's just a ton of great skydivers you know to kind of learn from up there, and we gotta you know really i I just really love that drop zone a lot. We go to Sebastian a little bit too, but but Deland's kind of like where I've done most of my jumping and sure, and, uh, yeah, I just met a lot of cool people that you know are professionals in the skydive world and and uh, yeah and then with the red bull air force guys with jeff and miles and all those guys like yeah just kind of getting to jump with them over the years it's been uh it's been an awesome awesome time and yeah i still got a lot to learn and uh i just yeah i I try to jump as much as i can
1: well i tell you i love it that that you say you just called up red bull for a hookup on where to go skydiving you realize that not too many people get to do something (laughs) that that cool
0: (laughs) yeah no it's it's definitely cool i mean red bull is an amazing sponsor and yeah that we've i've been all over the world wake skating and and uh, and foiling and and doing projects with those guys and but yeah they have they have athletes in every cool fringe mainstream sport in in the world so you know being able to just uh call those guys up and and uh, ask for some coaching or some help or to even yeah, get into a new sport that i'm interested in it's just uh it's an amazing company and and they continue to just uh yeah do things that are out of this world for for athletes
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, don't don't think that uh, I haven't hit Jeff up a number of times to hook me up with this Red Bull athlete or that Red Bull athlete, because there's just uh, there's so much exposure now. And Red Bull has become like the pinnacle of extreme sports and not just extreme, but specifically extreme sports, especially for people like us. And so it's amazing to see how far they've come with all of it. Now, how did you get started with Red Bull?
0: yeah like i said before i i uh i got linked up with red bull through parks uh, he was like one of the first red bull athletes when they came to the us you know in the late late 90s early 2000s i got on the team in 2001. wow uh parks parks had been on for a year or two already just i kind of just met all the guys hanging out with him and stuff and it was right when you know wake skating was kind of getting started there was a new magazine that came out uh called alliance wake that year i won like rider of the year on a wake skate like in a wakeboard magazine <clears throat> and was just getting a lot of exposure at the time and yeah, wakeboarding wasn't even really a, a sport yet. It was just kind of something that a few of us were doing. But Red Bull still saw the potential in it, and uh, and got me on board. And yeah, I've been this is my twenty first season with Red Bull this year, so <laughs> I've shit. had an amazing run with them. And yeah, we've shot some crazy videos. I mean, some of my biggest projects have you know gotten millions of views online. And and uh, Red Bull is just like, hey, you know, dream big. What what's the craziest thing you can think of, and let's let's try to do it. And there's just no other company in the world that does that for action sports athletes.
1: Well, that's one of the cool things that I find talking to any of the Red Bull athletes, and I've been lucky enough to meet and get to know quite a few of them, is that everyone says Red Bull goes out of their way to take amazing care of them. Um, Whether it's the trips or the ideas or supporting the crazy stuff and and all the different plans they want to make, that Red Bull is just in their corner all the time.
0: Yeah, they are. I mean, for sure, especially like when you're – when you're healthy and you have, you know, everything, you know, go is going good and, and you're, and uh, yeah, you're doing well in contests. You're, you're wanting to shoot crazy videos. You're trying to ride in locations that I've never ridden before, but, but then like, you know, when, when you get hurt and stuff, they have like a, you know, the athlete performance center out in Santa Monica, you know, they can, they have all the best surgeons on call. If you, if you have a major injury or anything like that. So um, yeah, they really do take care of us, you know, through all the good times and the bad times and, and uh and yeah there's just there's not another company that i can think of that's that's that proactive like making sure that we stay healthy and in shape and we're eating well and uh and and yeah we're just trying to live our dreams out there and and do stuff that's never been done before
1: that's the part that really blew me away cuz when i had the opportunity to to get jeff on the podcast he was actually at the red bull center um yeah Basically saying, look, I know I'm getting older, but I'm fucking fighting it for all I can, and Red Bull is helping me. Um, but I was yeah. blown away because I didn't, I didn't have any idea that they had those kind of resources that they were offering athletes because that's unheard of.
0: Yeah, you don't see that very much or at all. You know, besides Red Bull doing it and stuff too. So it's just a, uh, it's a, it's a great thing to have and kind of know in your in your back pocket if you know if something does happen. You know, they're going to take care of you. They're going to make sure you get the best surgeries done. You're going to be able to rehab with the best trainers out in California. Um, I mean, the setup that they have, they just built a, a new one out there, like uh, in the last year or two out there called the athlete performance center. And they have an apartment that we can stay in. Like one of my friends, Gunther is going through an injury right now. And, and, um, you know, he had surgery. He's been going out there, you know, for a week at a time and just being able to rehab with those guys. And he's recovering so much faster than I think if he was doing it on his own here with with, uh, you know, just like maybe some local guys. I mean, these guys are the best in the world sure. um, in, in rehabilitation and training. And, you know, even if you're not hurt, you can go out there and, and just kind of train and get a good program going and, and uh, yeah, get your diet up and, and yeah, just kind of cover all the bases of, you know, trying sure. to stay healthy. I mean, yeah, I'm over 40 years old too. And, you know, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. And sure. a lot of that's because of the stuff I've learned red bull over the years the
1: uh the stories those uh uh, pts and doctors have got to have though i mean when it's a bunch of red bull athletes coming in to get shit fixed
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i mean anytime you get to hang out with a bunch of Red Bull athletes it's a good time i mean everyone's you know the top of their game and and uh yeah they're just amazing athletes but they're all really great people too so it's it's fun and it and it pushes you a lot like when you're in the gym with them sure to to really you know you don't want to be you know the guy at the bottom of the totem pole hanging out with those guys. So you're trying to to push it to the, push it to the limits like we always are.
1: Sure. Now, when you got started in skydiving, did you find learning how to jump was an easy thing or was it uh, a bit of a change up for you?
0: Um, Yeah, it came pretty natural to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I obviously had great instructors and stuff too, but I mean, uh, yeah, I didn't have any problems going through AFF or anything. And then, um, yeah, I just kind of messed around with it uh, a little bit, just flying with some friends and stuff. But then, Really, um, yeah, like getting linked up with the Fly for Life guys and learning how to track. That's like where I really started falling in love with the sport, like going fast, flying in groups. Um, that's kind of like my favorite thing to do in skydiving. And uh, yeah, I just ran into those guys up in land. And yeah, we started, yeah, like I said, trading out both sets for some coaching and stuff sure. like that. But all those guys are just so good in the sky. And, and yeah, even just, you know, trying to keep up with them on tracking jumps, like you just learn so much and so much of it's just body position and. And, uh, yeah, just little little things that you can change to to make yourself fly better and stuff is is pretty cool. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, uh, I, I have a lot to learn in the sport still. But, yeah, being able to jump with those guys has definitely helped me progress a lot quicker.
1: Well, we've all still got a lot to learn, man. I've been in the sport 28 years, and I still got a fuck ton of stuff to learn. So, <laughs> yeah, believe me, no, we're all in the same boat. Sure. Now, um, what did the yeah. family think when you started jumping out of airplanes? Were they just like, oh, yeah, whatever, this is the next thing he's doing, or, or did that worry him?
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, my mom's always a little worried about me on on everything I'm doing, but but uh, but yeah, my dad's like uh, my dad was a fighter pilot in the Navy growing oh, up. Oh shit! So kind of yeah. So he's uh yeah, he had a he had a crazy career growing up, flying flying crazy airplanes and and stuff like that. So it wasn't too too crazy for him and stuff. But but yeah, I usually tell my mom after the fact when I'm doing something that good maybe she'd worry about. You know, yeah. Send her, send her send her a video after, not tell her before. So sure. But yeah, they're they're super supportive of it. They know I'm pretty careful guy and uh yeah it might be extreme stuff but yeah you can take a lot of safety precautions and yeah you just gotta trust your gear and and uh double check everything and yeah you can stay pretty safe out there
1: yeah, yeah. now i did i see base jumping on your uh, on your uh, photos as well
0: yeah i've been base jumping for a couple of years now um yeah i did like a first jump course with uh sean schuma out at the bridge and then um, and then, yeah, we jumped. We have a vertigo has a bridge up in uh, Kentucky that we've jumped a, few, a bungee bridge, but it's 240. So we've done some jumps off of that. And then, uh, yeah, I was just out with miles out in Twin Falls a couple of weeks ago, getting some jumps with him and him and I are going over to Switzerland, uh, in like two weeks to go jump some walls over there, which I'm super excited about. And I got a, yeah, I got a little Rebel project that we're, that we're going to be shooting this fall that's going to, uh, have some base jumping in it and stuff too. So I'm pretty excited about that. So yeah, miles is helping me yeah, get trained up for that.
1: I was just about to ask when you're going to start crossing over sports with Red Bull.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love hanging out with those guys. Like, uh, yeah, we get to jump a lot together. They come down for the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show every year. So we usually go up to Sebastian, and meet up with those guys over there. But yeah, anytime I can can jump with them, I go up to Washington and uh, link up with the guys from Squirrel, Mike and those guys. And yep. uh, the Farrington's Faring- the have like the drop zone up in Shelton. So yeah, we get some jumps up there and do some foil boarding with them nice um so so yeah anytime i can link up with those guys it's it's a blast and uh yeah they're just super, super high energy and and uh great flyers and good people and and uh that's yeah who i want to be jumping with so
1: so you're you're wingsuiting as well
0: uh a little bit yeah i'm not super good in a wingsuit i've had a have had a couple of crazy flights that that uh yeah didn't go super well but yeah i, I do love it i do just need to put more time into it but uh but yeah, i've been uh yeah flying some tracking seats and a little bit of wingsuiting and uh but yeah, mostly most of the skydiving I'm doing is still like yeah doing angle flying and and tracking sure. jumps and stuff
1: so now you you mentioned you're over forty do you uh are you starting to to see uh the end of the tunnel coming up, or is this something that you've you've been able to manage and take care of yourself to a degree where you you've still got God knows how long to go?
0: yeah i don't see myself slowing down anytime soon you know if i can stay healthy uh i mean that's obviously the biggest uh factor in all that stuff i mean i haven't had a major injury in a long time uh, knock on wood and uh and yeah like i said i'm i feel like i'm in kind of the best health i've i've been in my whole life um you know fitness is uh something that i've like come to enjoy a lot and yeah it's uh it it makes you feel better you can tell the difference than you know when you're coming off like a, travel day or something, you're just feeling like lethargic and down and you just, you know, go get a good sweat on and you, yeah, you kind of just feel back to normal, but yeah, staying in shape uh, at my age, like is, is important to keep doing what I'm doing. And, um, but I, I enjoy like, you know, the time in the gym and the, and the fitness part of things too. And and it's just a great way to to stay healthy, to yeah do all the things I love to do.
1: Sure. Well, and I, I, I used to be my image of extreme sports back in the day was, it was just all super hardcore doing crazy stuff. And then it was big parties and and going hardcore and fitness seemed to be not really for a sure. part of it. Now it's completely flipped. Like the people that are partaking in these, uh, in the hardcore extreme sports are guys that are closer to your age that have been doing it for a while and, and r- realize you got to fucking take care of yourself if you're going to keep doing this.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was, yeah, definitely in my twenties and, and early thirties, like, yeah, that, that was the the scene in pretty much all action sports, you know, like, yeah, it was ride hard all day and then party all night, you know? And, uh, yeah, we still like to have some fun here and there, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're not healthy and you're not feeling good, it's hard to, uh, have the physical ability to do these things. And then mentally, yeah, it can kind of take a toll on you too. So, sure. you know, the, the mental side of all this stuff, like you got to be in a, in a positive headspace and, and feeling confident and, and, uh, and yeah, not having any doubts on anything that you're doing. So sure. Feeling healthy and, you know, eating well and, and having uh, a good, a good mental mental headspace is uh is super important for all these sports.
1: Oh yeah. Now what's your normal day to day? I mean, what's, uh, are you training constantly? Are there competitions all the time traveling quite a bit?
0: Um, yeah, a lot of travel. Um, I'm on the road, like probably over 200 days a year. Wow. Um, between like yeah doing wake events doing a lot of foil trips lately we've been going down to you know down to costa rica and nicaragua a lot puerto rico like i said and and uh yeah just trying to yeah get in the surf more with the foiling but um yeah we do a lot of i do a lot of trips with malibu like we 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 have this uh, tour called the just ride tour where we go to like different dealers around the country and teach new people how to ride or new boat owners like how to use their boats better and stuff so we travel around on those tours so i try to uh, get on that tour in places where I can, you know, go do other stuff too. like, try to get up to Washington and, you know, link up with the bungee guys or, or, you know, go do some jumping up there with those guys or, sure, yeah, just try to try to connect my trips, uh, you know, in the areas that I can, I can do other stuff like while I'm there or, or before or after the trip too. So, um, but yeah, I mean, after, after, uh, you know, the crazy couple of years we had with, with COVID and all that stuff and not being able to travel as easily, like, yeah, I've just been, uh, full-on pedal to the metal the last, you know, two years, just trying to travel while we can and sure. uh, and take advantage of all the opportunities out there for us.
1: Sure. Now, are you doing coaching and teaching people how to do all these sports as well?
0: Yeah, we do a lot of coaching in water sports. I mean, uh, that's how you get new people into the sport. And, uh, you know, getting people behind the boat is really important. We have a lot of cable parks and stuff too. So that's like a good way to like for people to get into wake. It's kind of like a, Kind of like a ski mountain like you buy a lift or you buy like a ticket basically to ride around these cable parks and that's like where a lot of the rails are and stuff like that so that gets a lot of people into the sport but but i really focus mostly on the boat side of things and and uh, working with malibu boats to try to you know teach new people we have like an initiative called pass the handle uh it's like a day in june actually coming up where they encourage everyone in water sports to like take someone on the boat that's never been on the boat and teach them usually how to wake surf that's kind of like the easiest thing to teach people and uh and uh yeah with some good instruction you can teach someone that's never done it how to get up and drop the rope and ride without the without the handle you know in and like maybe one session or two sessions and and uh yeah if you can teach someone that it can you know maybe change their life like it was like when i took my first you know lesson back in the day and got into wakeboarding and stuff like that too so it's really important to our to our sport to yeah get new people in and new families you know that are buying boats to spend time with their with their kids and stuff it's just a it's a great sport and it's a very family fr- friendly environment and um, and yeah there's really nothing better than you know being on the on the lake with your friends and family in the summertime
1: i was gonna say you kind of painted a picture that sounds like it's got a lot of parallels to the skydiving community in that you're always looking for new people to play with and it's a very welcoming community even to those that aren't participating in the sport even just the spectators
0: yeah definitely i mean yeah a lot of people you know maybe see wakeboarding through the contest or through through i guess now like social media videos and stuff like that but but it really starts with the uh, you know the family environment. That's how I got into the sport, you know, just growing up with a with a boat, like every weekend we were on the boat with the family and and uh yeah, and messing around with different different boards and different sports and stuff like that. But that's kind of the grassroots level. and yeah, you do see that in skydiving a lot too, like especially in the land. They do a lot of AFF up there. There's a lot of new jumpers that come in and and uh, yeah, everyone that's doing these sports are cool, you know, and there's yeah it's, it's fun to teach people new stuff and get people to, you know, push their boundaries and, and learn new things and stuff too. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of similarities between the two.
1: I'm guessing you've seen a, a huge, um a huge change in the sports or a huge influence I should say in the sports because of social media, I would imagine.
0: Yeah. For us, it's, it's changed a lot. I mean, to be like, to come into the sport, you know, a long time ago, like when magazines were like the the biggest media form, you know, we were waiting for that next mag to come out and, you know, we're making money through photo incentives, trying to get shots, working with photographers and stuff. And and uh, yeah, and most of those magazines are gone now uh, in our sports. Fuel TV is gone. Like that was always like, a, you know, having wakeboarding be a part of that uh, action sports culture back when Fuel TV was on. You know, like everyone that was watching action sports TV back then saw our stuff on there, too, even though like wakeboarding was obviously smaller than skateboarding and snowboarding and stuff like that. But but we were uh, you know part of that crew and part of those shows and stuff so that definitely propelled a lot of us riders at the time like to higher levels uh, in the action sports world and more followers and stuff going into the into the social media uh part of of the sports that we're in now so uh, it was good to be a part of that and and go through that but now i mean yeah everything's changed like yeah we're kind of responsible for building our own media and and uh yeah trying to trying to work with sponsors to shoot videos and and then once we shoot those videos, you got to have a place to let them live too. So, you know, a lot of that stuff is, is, uh, is on the athlete now or, or with the sponsors that you're working with too. So, yeah, for sure. Um, it's changed a lot, but you, know, you just kind of have to adapt to where the media is going and, uh, yeah, just continue to show people the, the cool shit we're doing out there. Yeah,
1: I mean, I remember watching Fuel TV, and it would be one of those things that you'd have on, and you'd you'd watch what you intended to watch. That would end. You'd turn around to do something else and look back, and some other cool thing would be on because it was always really fast. It was moving quite quickly through each and every one of the sports, and I guarantee that's how I saw wakeboarding for the first time. That's how I know Park's name. It yeah. was probably on Fuel TV. I saw him do something fucking insane looking and went, okay, shit, I got to sit and watch this. So it was cool. But now you're right. It's on you guys and on sponsors to really make it all available, which can be tough because there's so much stuff out there now to stand yeah. out can be really difficult. Do you guys find that there's a is there a pressure in in the um, the boating stuff and in the wakeboard and the and, uh, wake skating stuff, a pressure to really keep shit out there? Or is there already enough of an audience?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's really easy to entertain the audience that already follows you for sure. sure. You know, I mean, they're already following you. They see your videos and stuff. But I think the hardest part now is to is to reach people that are outside of your circles, you know, to try to get people that maybe aren't into uh, wake sports specifically, but to see your videos and, you know, Red Bull is really good about that. Obviously, they're an mm. international platform that uh, that promotes, you know, all of our sports and stuff. But, but yeah, trying to reach that non uh viewership is is definitely harder but that's kind of the goal you know you're sure you're trying to yeah you're trying to reach other people and show people you know what you're what you're doing out there but that's that's kind of the challenge and and yeah sometimes that's a crash video or you know something that you might not think is super cool but people that you know can't relate to the technical stuff you're doing but can relate to a big crash or something absolutely looks that looks cool like that that's sometimes like what gets people's attention and and brings them in and gets gets a follow
1: well I'm I'm always shocked at what uh, goes viral and what doesn't. The, some of the stuff that I've put online that I thought was just going to be incredible absolutely no one watches and some dumb shit that, that I, I just posted uh, you know <laughs> without a thought just it gets crazy views. And it's got to be tough too. Again the the view of extreme sports has changed quite a lot because obviously things have keep getting more and more extreme and when you're watching somebody like Fred in the Red Bull Air Force flying down a ski slope just above the chairlift yeah. it's i'd imagine kind of tough for a kickflip to compete with that
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah i mean there's so much crazy content out there i mean every day like there's a crazy video that kind of goes viral at least yeah through the channels that i watch and, and stuff like that but but that's that's also inspiring for all of us too Yeah. like seeing seeing what these guys are doing and you know sometimes the hardest part is coming up with an original idea or something that you know that you like didn't think of at the time, but then, yeah, you, you see something and it makes you think of something else. And then you can go out and, and try that too. So, I mean, I love watching all those videos and all the different sports, you know, from snowboarding to air sports to, to, you know, everything that's kind of like on the Red Bull channels and, and all that oh, stuff yeah. too. So, so it's, well, having, it's awesome. I mean, it, it's having
1: cool. talked to, having talked to Jeff when I referenced one of the stunts that he put up and it was him swooping the cranberry ponds, And I asked him how he came up with it. It's because he got inspired by wakeboarding, which is fucking cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool project. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, we did that like 10 years ago. We, we went up and wake skated in the, in the cranberry bogs up in Northern Wisconsin. And for us, it was amazing like to ride through that stuff on a board. It was like one of the coolest feelings ever. Like it was, uh, you know, like when you're, when you're even just doing like a big spray, when you're pushing all those cranberries, it's like the water is way heavier. So it's, it was just like a crazy feeling for us and yeah we had an awesome uh trip up there and we put out a pretty cool video and then yeah. and then yeah yeah jeff sees our stuff because we follow each other and he had a great idea to go sweep those ponds, so he called me up and was like hey can you get me in touch with those guys and i yeah, I sent him the guy's number and they were talking, you know, 20 minutes later and they, they set it up. I mean, those guys are awesome up there. They love what we did with the waste skating stuff. And so they yep. totally supported Jeff, like coming up there to swoop too. So, Oh yeah. It was so yeah, funny. That's, Cause it's like, yeah, a great crossover for everybody.
1: He said he had reached out to you and, and uh, you're like, Oh yeah, that's farmer Ted or whatever his name was. Here's his number, yeah. man. Call <laughs> him. He'll hook you up. And he was, he was so genuinely happy and excited to do something that he was inspired by in a completely different sport and now yeah. obviously this is the link up so it kind of comes full circle but it was it was really really cool to watch that and then because of him i went back and watched some of the the stuff that you guys did and it just oh, cool. looked it looked like you guys were having a blast which ultimately is the most fun i have with regard to extreme sports is seeing how much the athletes are getting out of it at the time and you guys clearly were having fucking fun
0: yeah we had a blast you know i'm like Yeah. I mean, like I said, like, yeah, we just kind of came up with that idea and, and, uh, and made it happen. But yeah, when you get there and you're kind of in the mix, like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a crazy feeling. I mean, all these sports that we're doing, we're just kind of chasing that feeling of like, I don't know, just like kind of like that, I guess that flow state or like just like that that feeling like where you're just completely zoned out and just like in the moment and, and everything just feels good. And you're kind of just like going through the motions and, and, and either riding your board or flying your canopy or whatever it is, you know? Sure. So, so to do it in a, you know, I can go out in my backyard and ride every day and it's fun and everything. But when you can take those same skills to a different place or a different location or get with a great film crew to like kind of capture it in a different way or something, that's like where it becomes like really special and and those sure. are the moments that you really live for and that you remember. Well, and then you have
1: the opportunity also to share your passion with people that would otherwise never see it. And I've had a small taste of that when I've done demos and such, and you watch the faces of little kids or audience members that just watched you come in on a a normal canopy landing in the middle of a pretty large field, but they're just losing their shit over it. And you start to realize, oh, that's right. What I do is not normal. It's not day to day. This is, they haven't (laughs) seen this before. I, I would love to know what that farmer was thinking the first time somebody approached him and said, Hey, can we wakeboard in your cranberry <laughs> pond?
0: <laughs> yeah. he probably didn't know what wakeboarding was or anything, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, for, for him, like he had like the perfect little playground for us and you know, those guys, you know, I mean, yeah, they're farmers. They're, they're just trying to, you know, do their jobs and stuff. So sure. they have us come up there. I mean, yeah, they had a blast like hanging out with us and I'm sure they had a great time with Jeff watching him swoop through there and, and, uh, yeah, so I think it's, I think it's kind of cool for everybody. And then we, you know, shoot a cool video that the whole world can see too. So without a doubt, I, mean, yeah, I think it's, I think it's positive for everyone for sure.
1: <laughs> now, uh, as we wrap things up, I want you to tell people how they find out about, uh, your sponsors and, and, uh, how to track them down, how they can talk to you about potentially coaching coming out for some of these events, social
0: media, all that stuff. Yeah. So my, my main social media is, uh, Instagram. My handle is Brian K Grubb on there. Um, I don't do YouTube or any of that stuff, but I got a lot of stuff on Red Bull TV. Um, I work with an app called Adventure IO, um, where you can link up with me personally for efoil demos and going out on the boat. And we do some like bungee training and stuff on there too. So that's a good way if you want to come ride with me and get behind the boat. You can just uh, find me straight on there. And uh, if you're in Central Florida and yeah, you want to come out on my boat and learn some some stuff on there or go for an efoil ride, you can uh, you can sign up straight through that app too. So that's a good good place to find me as well.
1: Nice, and for all the skydivers that are listening to a skydiving podcast, they can come jump with you in Deland.
0: Yeah, I'll be in Deland for sure. Yeah, every time I'm home, I'm definitely uh, up there, up there a couple of days that I'm that I'm here. So, yeah, come get some jumps up there too with us. That'd be great. That's,
1: that's awesome, man. I can't wait to see the crossover stuff, man. If you find a way to get wake skating and skydiving and all that shit together, I fucking can't wait to see it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're working on some on some cool stuff. So yeah, hopefully we'll have some uh, some some videos for you guys soon.
1: Cool. Well, we'll be checking back in, man. Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. You have yourself a great day.
0: Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me on. Take care.
1: Well, there you have it. Another episode of the Lunatic Fringe Podcast brought to you as always by, well, wait, not as always, actually. Brought to you now by Gyro. Formerly known as Enziero Sports, you'll head to gyro.com for their next level line of canopies. By Pussfoot, the Extreme Sports Collective, head over to pussfoot.com to check it out. By Summit Parachute Systems, check out summitparachutesystems.com to talk to Jarrett Martin and the gang about kick-ass pilot rigs, rigging courses, and more. By Flyaway Indoor Skydiving, go to flyawaytn.com and check out all the cutting edge stuff to come. By Pure Spectrum CBD, head to purespectrumcbd.com to check out their wide range of CBD products. And as for us, head to the lunaticfringepodcast.com to listen to any of the hundreds of episodes currently available. Hit the link for our YouTube channel, pick up your copy of the Lunatic Fringe book or the accidental stripper, and get a sneak peek at upcoming guests. Once again, thanks for listening. we'll see you next time.